Hello, everybody. Welcome to the game room. Your weekly best video game podcast, whatever. Arguably best video game podcast around. I'm your host, Michael McLeod. Joining me today, as always, is going to be Dwight Robinson. What's up? Jonathan Duffer. Hey, ho. And our regular guest, it seems like at this point, Matt. Matt Last. Matt The Last. However you want to do it. Is your middle name The? Uh, it can be. <laughs> you know, at this point, you know, it might as well be. MT, MTL. He is here with us. Again, we were just talking about elaborate GameCube setups <laughs> and how we're going to do these things. I forget what I was going to say. Dang it. Ugh. It's fine. Whatever. Well, we were talking about that that super elaborate four sword setup that someone did <clears throat> online. Where they had yeah, like yeah, four yeah. GameCubes connected to one GameCube and then Game Boy Advance things and all the GameCubes and somehow they were remotely controlling them from, like his, his friends were remotely controlling those GameCubes from other places in the United States oh, or wherever this I was. I do remember what I was going to say now. See, you triggered it. That's, that's what I was hoping for. There you go. Good job. <laughs> yep. So my thought process was with that because this is how Nintendo works always i want to play something on nintendo let's just say four swords i will put it off and put it off and put it off and then eventually i'll go through the effort of doing all this and then there'll be like a remaster <laughs> it'll be like like now you Chronicles. can play online for free with your buddies yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah that's what that's what'll happen so i mean you never know because gamecube stuff is coming to switch so i mean I mean, it, it could happen. They could remaster it and put it on there, and then there you go. They've got the I, online I, yeah. infrastructure for it already. And I, we got four people right here. It is true. Although dragging everybody on to that might be a little difficult, but <laughs> we'll definitely give it a go. There was, there was something else that was a point of order, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, well, I guess it's not that important. Matt, what are you We were talking about... No, <laughs> yeah. Anything exciting going on? Not a whole lot this week. Uh, mostly uh, some emulated stuff. Um, I was playing some Arx Fatalis on GOG because somebody mentioned like, mm. something and I started playing that. And um, Binding of Isaac on my PS4. Or PS5, That's but right. PS4 version. Well, yeah. Okay, so I saw you, you posted about this Arx Fatalis yeah. earlier. And I was like, man, that game is really, really hard. I don't think that's the game I'm thinking of. I'm thinking I'm thinking of Enclave, because that was around mm, the same mm-hmm. time as well. They're both on the I don't know Xbox, if right? They, they are, yeah. yeah. I've only played the PC and I version. I think Enclave is the hard one. Arx Fatalis ain't easy, though. Yeah. It's like uh, it's kind of a spiritual successor to um, Ultima Underworld. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I remember this, but I was just like, you know, the more I think about it, I don't think I actually play this game. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm getting you confused them. with another game. Yeah, and you say it's available on GOG. It is available on GOG, like all the all good things, mm. or most good things. Who made that? No, I would say most good things. They're, they're probably missing something here and there. Mm. Mm. Oh, Arcane made that. That's right. Someone also someone uh, mentioned it in a YouTube video because um, they were talking about um, uh, Redfall and like you know their their pedigree mm. and like. Ah. And I was like, hey, I love Arx Vitalis. I'm gonna reinstall that instead of installing Redfall. <laughs> did you did you try Redfall when it came out? We tried a multiplayer session. It was interesting. Yeah, it was bland. Yeah, it wasn't great. I feel like it will be good eventually, but maybe if, yeah, if 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 it's if it's given if it's given the time and the development to be good. It needs but... need some TLC. Yeah. yeah. Stop good. making live service games. Make I just yeah. stop it. 
everything doesn't have to be a live service game. I, I mean, mm-hmm. my thoughts on this is well documented, but I feel like even if they do fix the bugs and whatnot, the game itself is still like not like just like the the building blocks of what's there. Like ignoring the bugs to me is just not even interesting at all. Like I don't I don't think it would have been I, good even if it was like perfectly playable on the day it came out. But we'll yeah, we'll see. I feel we'll like see. it needs more stuff too because it's like it's like Borderlands light. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Looter at, shooter, at a, as they call them. You know? Yeah, but yeah, then not yeah. with a, but without all of the stuff that has been like advanced in the genre in the past ten but years. I, that's what I, That's the sort of thing it. I think that would come in like yeah. a one point five patch. We've added all this stuff. We fixed all these bugs. Yeah, that sort of. But by that time, it's going to be too late. I mean, it could be. It could. You know, and with, I don't and with the live service thing, like the 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 days of the game are numbered anyway, because once the servers go down, you can't play it anymore, and the game is just kaput. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a while before that happens. I don't know. I'm not willing to like Sparta kick it into that pit just yet. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't think like... I don't think they'll Babylon's fall it, but I don't I don't see it nah. lasting super yeah. long either. Uh, well, we I guess we'll see. I mean, it got a disc version, even though obviously that whole thing's not on the disc, <laughs> but yeah, yeah whatever. A disc version in bunny quotes. So, <clears throat> I guess Jonathan, what have you been up to this week? The same old, same old Jonathan things. Yeah, same old Jonathan things. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, nothing much has really changed. Um, Binding of Isaac, still working on that. Did not make any progress. Sad. Wow. Um, System Shock Two. Uh, well, actually, actually, I did. I made I made a, a little bit of progress because I figured out a better way to play the 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 level I've been playing. If you if you lob these like grenade grenade things that fly back at you, if you lob them directly at enemies and do it right, you can they'll hit the enemy and then you know explode and not come back at you. So that's really kind of the strategy you have to use for a lot of the a lot yeah. of the time until like you can good life advice. Don't get hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I made a little bit of progress mm-hmm. there, but still haven't haven't beat that um, challenge. System Shock Two. I actually finished that on stream. Uh, oh, did you? On my last my last System Shock Two stream, yeah, I was there. I that. I, yeah, oh, were you? Oh, were you? You were there. Nice. That's right, you were there. Yep. I was not. You were not there, Michael. Shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yep. I finished that up. Um, I was going to, and the, the the plan was to go into Bioshock after that, hmm. but playing System Shock Two got me in the mood to play uh, the System Shock Two. Uh, like massive fan campaign that was uh, that was released um gosh i don't even remember when that was but it was so system shock 2 uh, the level editor for that was released sometime after the game and there aren't a bunch of fan missions out there for it but someone who made a bunch of missions for thief um just at some point they got into system shock 2 and so she made a ton of she made this massive like campaign for system shock 2 it's split up into like four different parts the first one is you're on you're actually on a space station so it has different levels i mean it it is all the stuff that um system shock 2 has and it's done very well so i got the itch to play that again so i think i'm going to do that next and it and it's a sequel it's a it's a direct sequel to system shock 2 like system shock 2.5 right it's it is as close to system shock 3 as we have so far and we thought we were ever going to get of course other sides system shock 3 kind of fizzled and died and things but um 
So it's still as close to System Shock 3 as we ever as we've gotten so far. Um, but it, it's super good. So I'm going to be playing that after um, on my next System Shock 2 stream. Going to go through all those. Then I'll go to Bioshock and then. Uh, I don't know there. how you don't get like shocked out. It's it it's just it's just a it's just a fun game. I I don't know I can't explain I don't it. No man, it's just fun. Could do it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, more power to you. I cannot <laughs> play the same sort of thing. Like if I play a Zelda game, the last thing I want to do next is play another Zelda game. Like I, <laughs> I need I need some space. Like give me something else at this point. So. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I have I have such a such a fond memory such fond memories of that game and like the community and everything um so i i I don't know i just i I just love it hey hey man again more power to you (laughs) um and then like i believe i mentioned on the last podcast i'm doing i'm playing mass effect again uh but i'm going through following the uh, a walkthrough and like getting everything like 100 percenting the entire thing um all three of them so uh, i'll be doing that i might might hundred percent Andromeda, maybe. <laughs> Don't know if I'm actually going to want to do that again. <laughs> Definitely not. No, one of maybe. <laughs> I have three words for you that change your mind. You already know what they are. <laughs> I, I did do all. You the could probably pick what they for, shoot the legs. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoot the legs. I know. Yeah, yeah I But if I, if I do if I do it though, I'll, I'm going to put it on easy, so I don't have to shoot the legs nearly as much. <laughs> but yeah. We'll we'll see. Um, I may not actually do that. That's that's yeah. up in the air. But I'm definitely going to do the three um, Mass Effects. That's so that's that's understandable. If the Andromeda, th- I don't know, man. We might have to have you committed at that. Point. <laughs> it's not a sane thing. Nothing a sane person would ever want to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, I created my own character, and that's that's going that's going really well. Um, hmm. I feel like there was something I wanted to say about it. Oh, I wanted. I remembered. I wanted to say um, it's very interesting going through this because, especially for Mass Effect One, I missed a lot of stuff when I just started playing that. Like the whole Asari consort thing on the Presidium, never knew that existed. (laughs) Didn't know a thing about it. And then that was like the one of the first things that it guided me to in this walkthrough. I was like, oh wait, there's there's a what? And I just walked through and I'm like talking to all these people I've never seen before and doing all this (laughs) stuff. And I'm like, oh dang, all right, (laughs) so. Yeah, it's really it's it's. Int- I feel like I'm gonna run into a, several of those you things. Are. You mm-hmm. are. That I've just Every never time I've played before. Mass Effect, and I've never used a guide. Every time I've played it, though, I always find like a conversation I've never had, or like something new, and I'm just, I'm just like, well, okay, cool. This makes this fresh every single time. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, and I, <laughs> it's, I did something that I don't think I had done before because I didn't remember it. I talked to Ashley while on the Citadel, well, like when we first go there. <laughs> And of course, her infamous line of "I can't tell the aliens from the from the animals." It's just like, <laughs> "Oh my god, why?" Yeah. <laughs> Going back to your stream, you didn't actually talk to your teammates a lot, like at all. That I remember. no, yeah. no. Well, I'm not yeah. used to doing that. I'm not used to playing yeah, a game yeah, well, where I mean, you have yeah. teammates following you around and yeah. you can talk to them. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. I'm actually making a point to do that. Mm-hmm. To hear all these little bits and baubles and things. The writing in those games is top tier. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. So. That's awesome, though. I'm glad you're oh, enjoying so you, it. You never got into that the Garrus uh, 
checking the the what was he calibration yeah do the calibration he was always calibrating <laughs> oh yeah something. no 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 that i did because by that point because that was mass effect yeah. two, two and three two. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so by that point i knew that i needed to talk to people but before <laughs> then that was you know yeah yeah he we they even made the, their own joke with that where he you know when you're leaving he's just like i'm just gonna calibrate something <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah he says something of that that degree I, I actually talked to Garrus a lot because there was like a mission that I needed that I, I was trying to like trigger his loyalty mission. I think it was. And so and I didn't know like when it was going to pass a point of no return. And so I was like, after every single mission, I'm running down there and talking to him like, <laughs> oh, I'm still doing my calibrations. Yeah, and like, how's I, calibrations like, going? <laughs> it was like four or five times before I finally, I, I don't know if I re I think Mike, I think you mentioned it where it's like, when he when he's ready to do it, he'll like send you something. And I'm like, okay, oh yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah. have to worry about this anymore. The I just only need... person I made you talk to, like I was like, you need to talk to this guy, and you need to do what the hell he's saying is Rex in the first game. Mm-hmm. I was like, talk talk to Rex. Yep, talk to Rex. <laughs> so everybody else, I was just like, yeah, you can talk to him or not, you know. But Rex, you needed to mm-hmm. do his stuff, or it was not going to end well for him. Yeah, <laughs> I would just. Rex is the great. first time I played it, I just like naturally just after every mission, just talked to everybody just to see what new different shit they said. So I, yep. it was mm-hmm. I just like got all the stuff just from playing it normally <laughs> because I'd always yeah. kept doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rex, Rex was a really good character. Yeah, and it would have been sad if if he wouldn't have been there. So yeah. so I was like, you have to. <laughs> the funny thing is, I actually because you, you missed that stream um, when Rex has his like big moment. And I saved him <laughs> just just because I was just because I'm a usually usual nice person. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yay, I made the right decision. <laughs> Huzzah. Although you, uh, I guess so you many people that said, oh, my God, it sucks that he died. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> was it that hard? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. That's that's uh that's all you got this week, though. I, uh, I'm not even looking at the list. Yeah, that's all I get. I didn't get to make it back to Nino Kuni 2 this week. I haven't been playing a lot. I mentioned to you last night, so it's like I don't have a lot to talk about. Mm. But Red Dead Redemption One came out on PS4 and and Switch, right? Don't remind Which, me. Yep, and definitely not PC. Freaking mad uh, about that. <laughs> but you know, finally, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna play Red Dead Redemption Two because I rented it on GameFly like when it came out, mm. and I was like, I don't, I don't like it. So I turned it back in, and then when it went on sale, I think for like ten bucks one year. Or like I don't know, it was super cheap. I yeah. bought it; it was still sealed. But I love Red Dead Redemption One, so I was like, "I'm." It's probably one of those games where I need to just try it again. Mm-hmm. So I tried it again, and I don't care. Like I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't still don't like it really. I think I tried playing it I know. once. It's it's just way too slow for me. People anyway. <laughs> love this game. They love and it, and I don't <laughs> get it. Yeah. I mean, it looks great, get and it. it like the kind of detail and the, the attention to detail and all the different animations and everything. It's amazing, but it's just like it's like somebody recommending you like a like a, a classic black and white movie or something like that. You know, it's like oh man, this is the greatest movie ever. You gotta watch it. It's you know, it's legendary, or whatever. And you're watching it, and you're just like, oh my god, this is slow as shit. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's it's great, I, it, but it's just like it ugh. has. It has what I, I don't I don't know if I need to find a term for this, mm. but it has modern rock star problems where like Grand Theft Auto has this too, mm. and I know people love that game too. Whatever, mm. I'm just this is my experience. I feel like the character is drunk all the time. Like 
He's just bumbly. He tri- he, he oh, like falls off of stuff. Their physics system, yeah. <laughs> the physics system. Yeah. They're slow, and I'm just like, move your ass, like mm. walk they, faster. They toned that back a lot in GTA Five, but GTA Four was mm-hmm. fucking terrible GTA 4 for that shit. Is bad too. <laughs> if you trip but, but on see, something, he's just like, oh, just like just ragdolling around. <laughs> But it's it's the same way in five though. I remember like getting off a ladder and just like yeah, he just, on the floor and it's just like what? And if you what get you shot doing? or anything, if you're in the middle of a shootout and you get like the hit, hell? then you just ragdoll and then you're starting to get up and you get hit by something else and you ragdoll again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's ragdoll. A car hits and I know you and Red you just Dead ragdoll over it. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption One has this, but I don't feel like it was that bad. Yeah, mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I do want to play that Red Dead Redemption One like on Switch. I just. A, I need that Digital Foundry video to come out. And B, $50 is crazy, so, yeah, nah. And C, uh, put it on freaking PC! <laughs> that is, that is kind of crazy. I mean, there's there's a lot of complaints. I can see why they're charging it, because, I mean, it's a new thing that they did. Even though it's an old game, it's something new they did. But I just feel like yeah. if you're charging that much, you might as well throw in the other enhancements, too. Like, it's 50 bucks for a straight up port with like there no had to be a reason but i don't want to i don't want to get into because yeah. it's gonna be old news by the time this posts right. anyway right mm. it's just like there had to be a reason why but i i don't know I, eventually it'll be 20 dollars or less on switch and i'll yeah, sure. it then so i read a little bit about it and i know that it was using according to the articles that i read it was using yeah. like some kind of weird version of their engine it was like some kind of half, like it was half in between versions, and they had like done a whole bunch of weird modifications to it, mm-hmm. which is reportedly, this was all like a Reddit post from someone who said that they used to work at Rockstar mm-hmm. um, and oh, worked okay. on these games. Um, that it, one of the reasons they couldn't port it to PC, or it would be like ridiculously hard to, is because of this engine and the way that it did stuff and the, that how I mean, like weird it was. That's probably a good... So that could be your reason. Yeah. Maybe they actually had to do a ton of weird work to it to make it to make it actually work on PS4 and Switch, and that's why they feel like they Possibly. should charge more for it. I don't know. I mean, you can play it on PC, like, if you want to. Yeah, well, you can emulate yeah, it. Yeah, emulate it, yeah. But I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, you know, you have a Switch, and yeah, I, I'm curious to see how it's going to be on that. Like, that Digital Foundry video can't come fast enough. I do want to see it, like... I don't care about it on PS4. If I want to play it in high fidelity, I can play it backwards compatible on Xbox. But I just think the portable aspect of it would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see though. You know, it it is what it is. I'm probably not gonna continue Red Dead Redemption Two. It's gonna be one of those like I think I mentioned to Jonathan at one point. It's like I love Elder Scrolls Oblivion, but I had to start that game like five times to get into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I not gonna get into. That. I'm not gonna get into Red Dead Redemption Two right now. Mm. It's just I'm not. I'm not feeling it. I don't know. Eventually, though, I have it. I'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, another game with horses, though. I have this little bitty CRT. It's like a little baby one. It's a nine-inch screen. And there's a GameCube sitting there. And I'm in this room. And I'm like, let's pop something in. I pop in Twilight Princess. Barbie's like, horse. The <laughs> Why the hell not? And I'm next thing I know, I'm on. I've gone all the way through the first area, and I've beaten the first dungeon, and I'm halfway through the second dungeon, and I'm like, "What happened?" <laughs> that game is like it's comfort food. Twilight Princess is just that era of Zelda games is like comfort food. I don't recommend Twilight Princess being the version you play realistically because 
No motion controls, no pointer stuff. All the aiming is like first person and it's on a thumbstick and it's kind of awkward. You have that option on the Wii U version, but that's people like pointing controls. That just works better. And you have motion controls on the Wii U. Yeah, but who's going to uh, buy a Wii U to play Twilight Princess? Well, well I have Wii, a feeling well, it'll yeah. be on Switch eventually. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the Wii version, I think, is the worst version, but that's just... That's just Did they clean up uh, some of the... Because I never... I, the only copy that I have is the GameCube version. I never wanted the Wii version when it came out. So the, the difference between the GameCube and the Wii version mm. is two... You have two two major different... Well, three. Well, three. Yeah. A, it's, wide, it's widescreen. Mm-hmm. So that's... there. Obviously, you have waggle controls. I'm not really going to include that. Mm. It should be obvious. Mm. But you have widescreen. You have pointer controls that's in third person for the aiming instead of first person... Uh, stick aiming. Mm-hmm. And the entire game world is flipped. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And, and, huh. and that's because Link is... Uh, most people are right. And then you're yeah, Link is traditionally right. left-handed. Yeah. And most people in reality are right-handed. So they were like, well, let's just flip the whole game so you know, they'll be right-handed. That's one of Link those is things... left-handed. I didn't realize that. Yeah, really. Yep. That's like the... Huh. Yeah. Huh. But I thought it was weird because I remember reading about that like years ago and I'm like, Wait, what? They couldn't just flip his model? Why they have to flip the whole entire game? But <laughs> I guess because of how some of the puzzles and dungeons work. I mean, whatever. But yeah, I, I just thought it was an odd know. thing to do. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, I can't reach was, that side of my car. It might have been easier. Just flip the entire thing. So I can't, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. But whatever. It might it might have been easier than flipping the model. I don't know. But yeah, it's just it's just mirrored Flip, the whole game. Flipping the entire it's, it's game is <laughs> also oh another big thing on the GameCube version, which I know I'm just getting nipped into like little things mm-hmm. here. You can swing the sword while running on the GameCube version. You cannot do that on the Wii version, which I think is hmm. stupid. You can what? Uh, oh, swing the sword while running. Okay, while running, yeah. But yeah, I'm probably gonna. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't say I'm gonna play through the whole thing, but I might. Wait, I'm just you know. Are the controls any different between? Because you're talking about the Wii remaster that you're playing, right? Or no, I'm playing it on GameCube. GameCube, yeah. So the the I just want to know: is the Wii remaster does that control any differently than the than the Wii version? Yeah, a little bit because I I got that at launch. It uh, controls mm. a little you better and play it on a controller. <laughs> yeah, and it um it looks really nice, and I think they um uh they tightened up some of the stuff like in in the you know they uh in the the uh, Wind Waker remaster they made it so you have to get less of those like you know undersea chests and in this one triforce hard, yeah exactly uh, shards yeah and then yeah. this one also in the wind waker you have mm-hmm. the the ever the was the the sail that you don't have to control the wind for yeah which is kind of nice too you just put it out and the wind just goes in the direction you don't have to change the wind direction yeah, oh. yeah. but i remember uh twilight princess on wii u pl- um playing a little like the opening area was a little long in the Wii version, in the GameCube version, but I remember it being, at least it feeling a little tighter and not as, like, obnoxious when I played the Wii. So I, I, could, I, I could tell you exactly what it is as a as a uh, armchair uh, expert on this game. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's, what do you call them? The, oh, yeah. The, of the Kingdom? The Vessel of Light or whatever. There's less of them in the Wii U version. Okay. Yeah. I, I'd have I to think say. you have four less. That was my first, the first Zelda game I put a, a concerted effort into really playing. Because I mean, I played Ocarina of Time back in the in the N sixty four days. I remember like a friend of mine, his older sister had a save, and she was like, "Oh man, this is the greatest game ever." I'm like, "Okay," and I start playing. It. I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> like I was just not into it at all. 
And then, you I know, Wind Waker. I was one of the dummies at the time. I was like, ew, you know, anime Wind Waker <laughs> or whatever. And then, like, uh, <laughs> or, you know. And then when Twilight Princess came out, I was swept up in all that hype and everything. You're and I was like, you know in. what? I might actually try this out. Got the GameCube version. Specifically, I remember going into a GameStop. And they were like, um, say I wanted to get Twilight Princess. It's like, oh, the Wii U version? It's like, no, 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 I don't want that. Give me the GameCube version. <laughs> And I played that on um, on the Wii or whatever. I said uh, I said Wii U, but I meant Wii. Um, I mean, I liked it. We know, what you but mean. that initial village area. Oh my god! <laughs> that almost if you know what to me. do, you can blow through it so fast. But if you don't, yeah, it drags. I mean, so. yeah, that was, and that was my first because I played Ocarina of Time like a couple of times, but never really like tried to play through or whatever. But yeah, man, Twilight Princess that almost killed me. Once I got past that, it was it was good. I don't remember how far I got yeah. though, but I didn't beat it. Twilight Princess is one of the longer Zelda games. Yeah, it is. Uh, as far as dungeon, yeah. I've beaten it four times at least that I can think Damn. of. Uh, mm. Well, I've beaten it twice on GameCube, once on Wii, and once on Wii U. Mm. Uh, I may play through it. The GameCube, honestly, is kind of just like a soft spot for me. Even though it's technically not the best version to play, it's just... Uh, I, I, it was awesome they were preferred. able to do it on a GameCube. Yeah. I mean, well, that and I didn't care about Waggle Controls. I was... Very anti-wagon yeah. controls at that time. <laughs> uh, can I tell you why the Wii version? Absolutely. I know I'm getting off on a little tangent. The Wii version specifically why I will never play it again. And Matt, you played through the whole game, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So you remember the, the water temple? It's pretty... It's about, I don't know, what, 45% into the game? It's a good chunk. You put some time into that game at this point. Uh, I'm at the water temple. I stop, whatever. Because of the pointer controls, I thought... I was loading a game. Oh, I was wow. not. I was deleting a game. <laughs> oh. I deleted my save file at the water oh. temple after putting in a significant amount of time, and right. I was like, you know what? Pointer controls, I'm done with those. <laughs> <laughs> I was not selecting a file. I was deleting a file. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not happening again. Yeah. I, that turned me off for a good little while. <laughs> All right, let me go on and get on to my last game here, and we'll move on. Uh, go and mm-hmm. switch over to the white. Uh, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk came out today. I'm, you, if you know me, I've been super hyped about this game mm-hmm. for a hot minute because I love Jet Set Radio. <laughs> I did not get a chance to play it much because I just got home from work, and then we're going to be playing this or doing recording this. So I, But I did download it, and I played a little bit before. It's awesome so far. Mm-hmm. Mainly on the front that, like, it takes that formula. It doesn't start off as abruptly. Like, Jesse Radio gets you into it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Not so much. You start off and you're, like, locked up in a police station. You're trying to escape this police station. But it introduces you to, like, new mechanics. So, like, you have a double jump for now. Uh, like, you have a jetpack where you can double jump. Mm-hmm. You can attack. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, like, actually kick off police and stuff like that if they come after you. Mm-hmm. You can take off the skates. <laughs> which is amazing so you could just run around and like not instead of trying to go upstairs and, and going like <laughs> yeah you could actually just take off the skates <laughs> and you could like do tricks and stuff like there are dedicated trick buttons not just like oh you jumped here's an automatic trick thing mm. <laughs> no you can like do custom tricks in the air and stuff like that so it it was really cool i, I probably played it for mm. half an hour but it was really cool what i did play and i'm excited to get back to it the only thing i didn't like is you can redo, like, if you do a graffiti, you can redo the graffiti. That's a cool idea. Like, you can do a different design if you want. Oh, uh, okay. 
It's cool until you're like in a combat scenario and you did some graffiti on the wall mm. and then you walk by it and then you're like trying to spray the enemy mm. and it like warps you back over to like try to do the wall and then you get hit. And I was like, nah, that's a dumb idea. Wait, you have to spray enemies um, to like during combat? Well, that's that's how you did it in the first one. You know, you could you tag the enemies. That's I mean, but you're just like you holding the right trigger or something. Like, is it? Is this like a combat? But thing, if you're, or? but if you're, but if you're near the wall, while that happens, mm-hmm. like it'll, you know, he'll put, put you, you in the wall, wall instead. Day. Yeah, and yeah, I'm just like, hold on. There's that, and then the interact button, like if to talk to somebody and to spray the graffiti, it's the same button. <laughs> so like I walk up to somebody and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, okay, great, thanks. I, I maybe it's not going to be a problem later, or maybe it will be, but I mean, I I wasted like three or four things just trying to talk to somebody and i'm like okay so it's, it's not like on the triggers button. or anything or are you using the mouse keyboard it is it's 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 a bumper hmm. it's a right it's a right bumper but still it's just like i mean why is it the same button that doesn't need to be yeah. the same button so, but anyway yeah that's a that's a poor idea but i'm gonna play it more tonight i'm probably gonna stream it i think i'm definitely gonna stream it because this seems like a fun stream game hmm. probably tomorrow or i don't know at some point this weekend but yeah, Dwight, what have you been playing this weekend? All right, so uh, or this weekend, this week, this week, yeah, yeah this, this week. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, finally broke down and bought Diablo Four. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was planning on waiting until you know it went on sale or something. It doesn't look like it's going to be on, going on sale anytime soon. No, it's going to go on sale next week. Did you buy it? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I know um, a lot of people's been complaining about the the season structure and like the and all that stuff. Honestly, I don't, I don't plan on playing this game continuously forever. I just want to play through it, and if somebody wants to co-op or something, I'll do it. I'm not really the, I'm not the core audience of Diablo players who just like play every season to get the new stuff and then like create a, a new character every single season. That's one of those things I don't understand. And apparently, other games are doing that now too, where you create a seasonal character and then you play through the season's content, and then like a couple months. The new season comes out, and you create a new seasonal character just for that, and then do it. I'm like, bro, I don't feel like restarting this game over and over and over. <laughs> what the fuck is right. that? I don't get that. Yeah. Like, it's the whole. I don't have that kind of time. Yeah, <laughs> having like you playing the game for busy work type thing. Like, I don't. I I will never understand that. So so but, yeah, I've noticed, and just hear me out here. Mm-hmm. Not everybody plays games like we play games. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, most people have like one or two games that they play, and then they just play like, that like, yeah. throughout the, and they just play the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. that's probably the market that they're going after. Like they're like, that's okay, true. well, this guy bought this. Yeah, because so. it, it, it does the, give the you a people lot of who stuff, play like yeah. Call of Duty and Halo, and that's like two K. Now yeah, I'm Madden. not, I'm not that kind of life, but I'm just saying that's what I, I, I know exactly yeah. what yeah. you mean. <laughs> They'll Warzone, yeah. they'll Warzone every day and night until, <laughs> like, the new one comes yeah. out, and they'll Warzone that every every day and night. Mm, yeah, I yeah. can't do that. Like, it's, I don't mm-hmm. know. That's just too boring to I me. I don't know how many people have asked me, you going to get that new Destiny expansion? It's like, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> what see, about my personality? <laughs> see, and that's uh, that's where I would run into the, the point of just getting, like, bored of, of playing something. Mm. You know, it's not, like, System Shock 2 has a beginning and has an end. Mm-hmm. And then when it's when it's done, it's you know it's done, and I can move on to something else. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're always working towards that end. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. talk about something like like you know playing Call of Duty or uh, th- that sort of thing, it's like 
there's no you're end. Never it's beat like it. you're always yeah. you're always playing. So that's where I can't. Games, I don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where I can't. Like eventually, I will get bored. Like you were saying. And I love the idea of DLC that adds like chunks of like like the what was that game we were playing last year? And I'm completely blanking on the Marvel game. Was tactics, Avengers? Uh, not Avengers. No, the tactics um, one. Um. Brick. Oh uh, yeah, Sun. Midnight Suns. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I was really tripping all game. over that. I, I, I really like that. That game. was an amazing yeah. game, and I'm sitting on all the DLC. And like, whenever I'm in the mood for that, I'm gonna be playing that DLC. Mm. But at least I know that DLC ends. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd have to yeah. say I can't say that I don't understand playing a so so called forever game, but I do. Uh, I'm more more into playing like the traditional version of a forever game because to me a forever game is a game like like a fighting game like you know street fighter yeah, 3 or yeah. something like that because you're there's always going to be new people learning to play there's going to be older people learning new shit and even though the game itself is really short it's just like you know a 100 second uh round or whatever and it's two people fighting each other or whatever it's just there's so many there's so much nuance that you can literally play that game forever and still be doing new shit or whatever. Yep. So to me that's that's a little different than something like we were just talking about battle passes and stuff before we got on here. Something like one of those like busy work battle passes where you're just like you're just working towards this impossible end goal that just never yeah. materializes or whatever. And yeah, normally I can't stand stuff like that, especially when it disrespects your time to the point where you can't even you can't even get the stuff that you want to get in a reasonable amount of time. But that's a that's a whole other thing. Um, so moving on from that, uh, the other game I played was Remnant Two. Um, huh. Remnant Two you finally got it in. So I I rented this on and GameFly right, and I, I waited a little bit to to play this. Um, it looks amazing. I, I mean, I played the first Remnant and it was pretty good. It's like a yeah third-person shooter souls-like right it was the best Mm -hmm. way to describe it um the second one looks amazing the environments look great all the shit they were talking about how it was unreal engine 5 yeah that game is unreal engine 5 is shit you know absolutely (laughs) um the problem though is that the i don't know graphics wise right the characters and their faces and like their movements and animations is Mm. still bad and the the Mm. everything else looks so good that when you see like a plastic fucking oblivion character talking and they're just like muppet mouthing <laughs> and stuff you just kind of like ah yeah i don't know that and like another weirdness it's super smooth the per- performance is amazing um they're saying it's really heavy on pc it looks fine on xbox to me it's running at 60 and it looks pretty damn sharp but um you notice that the the game is aggressively turning off shadows in like the all the corners of the screen so when you're moving the camera, shadows are just like disappearing <laughs> like an Ooh. inch away from your screen. And normally, I mean, a lot of games do that, but it's super aggressive in this game because there's so much shadowing and stuff because it's an Unreal Engine 5 game and they'll just disappear and you're just moving around and it's, it took a while to get used to it and it's very odd. Um, besides that though, gameplay wise, gameplay wise is okay. I keep hearing that it's really good and I tried playing it for a little bit I can't really get into the gameplay. The controls are what gets me fucked up. Because, like, how it works is that you have two weapons. You can swap between them, and you have a melee weapon. And your two ranged weapons have a mod slot. So you hit RB to enable your mod power, and you hit right trigger to shoot it. Now, (laughs) first off, 
that's stupid <laughs> because if you only why have, do you have to enable it right if you only have yeah. one mod power per weapon why can't you just press it to do it why am i pressing a button to enable it and then pushing another button to shoot so and on top of that you have class powers right um if you hold the left um the left bumper it like you can now use the class power which is also on rb so you have to hold lb and tap rb to do the class power now on top of that you have <laughs> each class power normally has three different things you can do so you can tap it to do one thing double tap to do another thing and hold it to do another thing so i Seems. have a class like that's a handler <laughs> right so i have a dog that's like what's always with me if you tap it you hold lb and tap rb you can sick them on like a specific enemy and they'll keep them busy so you can shoot them if you double tap you call the dog back to you if you hold it the dog will howl and then do give you like a buff or whatever so you can already imagine the fuckery <laughs> that comes out yeah. of like controls like that and yeah. you turn the controller upside down the, the, the dog pees on fire <laughs> <laughs> so like, i have a mod now this is a souls like game which means you get killed very easily so managing your health and everything is super important so rb for my mod power thing on my weapon is like it's a little um like a healing grenade only have two of them and i have to wait for this damn <laughs> healing thing to come back so I accidentally press a button a when I'm trying to get my fucking dog to sick something, and then I shoot a healing grenade off into the fucking distance, and I'm like, and, I, and I, there's a boss like on my ass cheeks, and I'm like, holy shit, like I can't heal anymore, and then my dog is going somewhere random, and on top of that, if you just tap LB, <laughs> you have the heat that um that does like the healing Estus flask type, um, type thing. Now, you know, if you play these soul games or whatever, you need to be able to do that shit without any kind of interruption or any kind of, like, because that's your lifeblood. You need to be able mm -hmm. to do that. If you're, I have to tap it to do that, but then hold it to do something else, and then double tap with something else. And I'm like, yeah. there's no other actions <laughs> in the game. All you do is move and shoot. Like, why couldn't they spread it out to yeah. other buttons? And if you hold LB, <laughs> the face buttons... Well, if you hold LB and then hit a face button, you can have like an item map to one of those buttons. And it's to, that was not completely unnecessary. I haven't used an <laughs> item the entire time I played because they're all worthless. <laughs> so they could have made those for your mod powers and like your class powers and everything. Yeah. And on top of that, <laughs> if you hold LB and you hit right trigger because you can have two classes. You have a primary and then like a secondary. So your other class powers are on right trigger. Which is another layer of bullshit on top of all these <laughs> controls. <laughs> suffice to say, uh, I took that shit out yesterday, <laughs> deleted it, and I put it in the damn mailbox and sent it back to Gamefly. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I don't I'd, know. I'd, I can't deal with this. <laughs> how how would you even keep all that in your head? I would never I be able it to remember all that. So now. many times, like I, I would press the wrong button so many times, and it's so weird because it's really not even a lot of different stuff. And the way that they have the controls is so ridiculously stupid, and you can't change them. There's literally no way to change any controls. There's not even, like, options for a couple different control sets. Nothing. Like, maybe they'll fix that in a couple months from now. But, yeah, I was done. I, I was done. That's, yeah. The bosses yeah, that's are still so hard <laughs> that you have to know. Yeah, controls have to be on point, and yep. they're not. <laughs> that's, like, that's like adding, a, like, extra layers of complexity just to make the game harder. Uh, yeah, literally no one has do. talked about this, and I don't understand why nobody's yeah. talked about this. Uh, if you play for yourself, yeah. you know what I mean. But anyway, 
So I've also played Quake 2. Well, I'm not going to now. <laughs> <laughs> the first one's pretty yeah, solid. I was actually playing that not long ago, and it sounds like they just really added good. added bullshit on top of it, and it's just like, yeah. it was fine the way it was. You didn't need to, like, just refine it and add new levels and guns and maybe some new classes. You don't need to add, mm. like, layers of abstraction just for the sake of it. Yeah, the, yeah, mm. it, yeah, the way the controls work, oh my god. But, I mean, taking that out of it, I think that the game itself is pretty good. The bosses are ridiculously hard, and you can, you know, people can jump in and out whenever, um, as like a co-op partner, and, but for whatever reason, they all, I always got stuck with somebody who sucks, so like, they'll just die immediately, <laughs> and then I'd have to like, solo myself or whatever, and um, you know, my dog would <laughs> have Dwight's to... the new let me solo her. <laughs> it's just, it, it was weird. Um, but either way, so, Quake 2, right? I played Quake 2, it's awesome. I played it when I was yeah. younger, it was awesome then, it's awesome again now. Um, it's got 120 FPS <laughs> on the Xbox, so I, which I think is sweet. Um, you can also do online co-op, which is cool. We definitely need to do that. Um, I mean, it's going to quake, so there's that. Um, how how yeah. many how many co-op can you do four? Yeah, four you can do four, yeah. Let's go. I think you can even do more yeah. than four, honestly. Uh, I think because... Wouldn't that make the game real but, easy, though? But they say- there is a Machine Games campaign which throws a bunch of enemies at you. Um, ah, more so than the regular Quake 2 nice. engine could even support. So you could, I think, I know at least four, but you could probably do eight or something. I'd have to double check that. And then, like, isn't this the one that has like eight screen co-op or eight screen, eight split screen or, or eight player split screen? Eight player split screen. Death that's what match. I was trying to say. It has like deathmatch. So, but the thing okay. is, when you start up a room, because it's it's a server browser, it's completely old school. There's no matchmaking. So you start up a, mm-hmm. a room. And you could switch between either Deathmatch, Team Deathmatch, Capture the Flag, or Co-op. So, that's what I'm saying. I honestly don't know if the four players the limit. It may go up to eight. I mean, gotcha. We're going to find out. This is going to be the new thing that we're going to bumble through. Right. While we're waiting for the next uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd definitely Thieves, wait for that uh, Whenever you guys are. But, uh, so, Sometime this weekend. I also played uh, Double, Dra- or Double Dragon Gaiden. Or Gaiden? Double Dragon Gaiden. Gaiden. Yeah. Gaiden. So, um, Gainax, Gaiden. <laughs> the, I liked it. I mean, I have it on, I played it on Switch. I have, I, um, I was about to say Redbox. I game-flied it. Um, the only, the only issue I really had, and I don't know if it's a controller issue or what, but the controls just feel really stiff, but it may just be me. I'm also, like, a lifelong Sega Streets of Rage fan, so if it's not mm. as, like, as smooth and awesome as Streets of Rage, I just kind of get, like, uh <laughs> <laughs> but the game itself is great. The idea is awesome. Um, I think it looks amazing. I'll have to. I didn't play it a whole lot, so I'm gonna have to get back into it. Um, the characters they added Marion as like a playable character, which I think is pretty cool. Um, she just has a maid Marion from Robin Hood. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. but um, that's her. You got it. But yeah, I mean it. It's 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 pretty good. I'll have to dive deeper into it. Um, it's definitely a lot harder than it than it appears because like if you. If you die and you don't have enough cash to buy tokens or whatever, that's it. It's just game over. <laughs> so oh. done did. Um, a lot of stage hazards like uh like um Double Dragon Two, because I remember just like being good at Double Dragon Two and then the wall would have spikes and I would like fall off of a platform and just game over. Oh, I, I definitely remember that. I remember playing Double Dragon on, on Game Boy and God, that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, it has a, it has a lot of stuff. I, I mean, I I think it's definitely uh, definitely worth a play. Um, but that's that pretty much it. That's pretty much. Is that new, by the way, Double Dragon Guy? It just came out, yeah. 
Okay. I'm going to have to give that a shot. I remember seeing something at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Isn't like some weird naming system with like Double Dragon, where like five came out before four did, or something like that? Uh, I don't, I don't, well, I don't there remember. was four on the SNES and uh, and Genesis, and that was like a crappy fighting game. Mm-hmm. And then there was four that came out no, as like a download. Was, uh, was it five? I think that was five. That... Yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah. I yeah. Think five was the fighting game because mm-hmm. they went one, two, three, and then they went five, and then. Four came out like on Xbox 360 or something. And it's yeah, it's like shit. a it's a like an NES style yeah. throwback. It's not it's great. It's an NES style game. Mm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We're gonna take a quick break, mm. and uh, when we come back, we're gonna be talking about some of our favorite people in gaming. I didn't mention this at the beginning of the show, but that's what the show's about. Well, well you know now. <laughs> we're talk to you. Talk about Prepare. it then. We'll see you. In it. See you soon. See ya. And we're back. What? What was that? <laughs> I just I got from you. Okay, so uh, here's the Earth. That is very weird. All right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just so you know. I miss bonus.com. There's some really good yeah. games on there. That's a lot of good stuff. Um, but today we're going to be talking about some of our favorite people in gaming. Random people. I, I, I said don't pick content creators. Uh, these people can create content, but. I, I was mainly saying, hey, pick people that, like, are in the games industry, not, like, you know, YouTubers or something like that. Mm. I think there's maybe a spot for an episode later, maybe next season or something, about YouTubers or or dedicated podcasters or something like Don't that. Don't all so, pick me at uh, once. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we're tripping over. We're tripping over ourselves, so. I mean, hey. We're content creators, technically. Yeah, we are. I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off, though. Uh, I see you guys have put some stuff in there now. I'm I'm just remembering mine, and it's probably not gonna go well. <laughs> <laughs> but because I don't, I don't have a good memory. Is what we're getting at. Uh, so I picked a couple people. I'm gonna go ahead and start off with one of my favorite people that has been around for a while, and I, I'm probably gonna butcher his last name just because I'm gonna say it. I think his name is John Ricciardi, if you're familiar with him, or John Riccardi. Mm-hmm. I don't. The verdict is out on exactly how you say his last name, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna call him John Ricciardi. He is the co-founder of Eight Four, Eight Four, which is a localization company in okay. Japan. Mm-hmm. Before that, though, he has a storied history of being in games media. So, for the Nintendo official magazine, he was like. The man in Japan, like when he would he would write the articles of like what's going on in Japan, because he he moved to Japan like a long time ago. He also was an editor for EGM, Electronic Game Monthly, for you know a good while too, though. But mainly, he does a he does a podcast with his eight four people called Eight Four Play, which is my favorite gaming podcast. And listening to him and Mark McDonald and like Jake Kazdahl of like Seventeen uh, Bit, listening 17-bit. to them talk about listening to them talk about like stuff that they've done in like like old e3s or like anything i think he was at like the first e3 like in atlanta or whatever Mm. he's been he's been to all these things and he's experienced all like these like tentpole moments firsthand Mm. and it's just a lot of the stories they would tell about like meeting you know uh shigeru miyamoto or like Mm. 
he's he's a cool guy and he's done a lot of cool things and just listening to like some of the stories that have been told over the years it's just like man you live like the coolest life <laughs> you know <laughs> you live in japan you have all this stuff and he's just constantly posting stuff on twitter he's like oh yeah i, I forgot i had this thing from um you know, like I, I have this gold Zelda controller that they gave away when I tested Ocarina of Time at, like, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, Space World or some shit like that. And I'm just like, you lucky SOB. Like, he has all this cool stuff and he's experienced all these cool experiences. And it, it's just fun to listen to him talk about games in general. So, not only that, but like the company that, you know, he co founded, 8 Vor, you know, they uh, localized a bunch of the Tales games, a bunch of the Monster Hunter games. Like, they're responsible for that like super clever awesome writing that those games get so definitely one of my favorite people in gaming currently and probably will be for the foreseeable future but i'm gonna kick it over to somebody else i'll go ahead and i'll go ahead and go um so the first one there's both of these are like are kind of these two are kind of related uh but the first one i had was roberta williams who um is very <laughs> Very well known, uh, at least in the adventure gaming uh, community. Um, so she she was the creator of uh, King's Quest and Phantasmagoria, are probably the two things that she's most well known for. Um, aside from being like one of the most influential women in gaming, maybe maybe ever, possibly. Um, you don't really don't hear a lot about women in gaming, and she's definitely one of the first if not the first who had like a huge impact on, on the industry. Um, so she, she created, she wrote and designed uh, mystery house in 1980. And this is actually really interesting because I, I didn't know this until I started researching it. She, um, she had an Apple II, which uh, she, she had an Apple II and she had a Versa writer. Do any of you know what a Versa writer is? Mm-mm. So Versa got, writer, no, Nissan Versa. Hmm. So I know of a Nissan Versa. <laughs> Not quite the same thing. Um, so the Versa writer is a piece of hardware that connected up to the Apple II. And I think they, I think there was one that for the Atari 8-bit also. Um, but it connects up to the Apple II. And basically what you do is you take a picture that you've drawn on a piece of paper. And you put it under the Versa writer. And it has this little arm. And you trace the picture with the arm. And then it translates that into an image on the on the Apple II. It's really interesting. I didn't know it, it's like the very, it's like a, a really ancient version of a tablet, of, of like a drawing ah, tablet, like a drawing tablet or something. So, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that this thing existed, but that's how she drew Mystery House. Jordan Mechner used used something like that when he did Prince of Persia. So no, he, he took pictures of his brother. And like doing like jumps and stuff like that, and then mm-hmm. digitize that somehow. I don't know how he actually oh, like did, it, did the but that like the rotoscoping like kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, the rotoscoping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, so that 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 was super interesting. So she she uh, drew like I think it was like seventy pictures for Mystery House using that mm-hmm. Versa that Versa writer. Um, that was really interesting. But so she she did that. Um, her husband Ken did the coding for the game, and you know that took off. They did Wizard and the Princess right after that. They did Time Zone. It was like twelve discs for for like Good one Lord. single game. It's insane. <laughs> um, and oh, they they even twelve did a, hours in a day. It makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. they even did a, a game for Dark Crystal. But she like uh, wrote and designed like all of these. Um, 
and Ken just like came along with her and did the programming and she do, knew a little bit of programming. She did like COBOL and stuff, but, um, but, um, so her most famous, uh, thing, of course, one of them is, is King's Quest and that's the most, uh, influential for me. Um, but then, because I played, I played King's Quest. The very first adventure game I played was King's Quest One, the SCI version, which was like a remake of the original uh, King's Quest. So that's one of the reasons that she sticks out in my mind because it was one of my little gateways into the whole adventure gaming scene, um, which was gateway drug. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> my my little <laughs> gateway drug, um, and she she didn't. Um, she hasn't done like a whole ton that I've seen of like interviews and things. She did more back in the day, but then after like the buyout of Sierra and, and she and Ken kind of retiring from the industry, they really, uh, they, they kind of did the pull to Ron Gilbert uh, before Ron Gilbert did it and kind of uh, became not like, not like super reclusive, but they just didn't, they just didn't go out and like do interviews and stuff uh, very much at all. They, took to sailing and just, you know, sailed around and visited different places in the world. And, uh, that's kind of what they do. But, um, and of course they did return to gaming, uh, with Colossal Cave recently, which, um, when she did a video, the most of what I know of her personality, which kind of endeared me to her more was when she did a, a video interview with the game grumps while they were playing Colossal Cave. And if you have any, interest in like hmm. game design uh specifically from that era i would encourage you to look up that video and watch it because it's not a typical game grumps video if you don't like their their usual stuff this is not it at all because it it basically devolves into dan's you know playing the game but mostly it's just her and or uh, aaron's playing the game it's mostly roberta and dan just talking about game development and it's hmm. a really it's super interesting to to listen to so I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of the, uh, you know, behind baseball or whatever the term is, you know, where it's just like, you're just kind of learning the little nuances of every little thing. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's always super cool. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but she, yeah, she sticks out in my mind because, you know, watching that and listening to that, she just seems like a genuinely nice person. And she's mm. just like down to earth. I mean, she, if you think about all the stuff that she did, she had this massive imprint in the game design in the games industry as a whole. And she's just, she's just like a, a nice person. And she's she just, just a person. Yeah. And she just chills and she talks about stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I, I had a few things written down here about like all the stuff that she did. I won't go into all of it, but like, yeah, yeah I mean, she's, that's why she sticks out the huge impact that she had on the gaming industry. And she seems just like a, a chill person. I would love to to get the chance to like meet her and talk to her, and you know we've we've talked before about one of my biggest regrets is not going to PAX when I had the chance, and <laughs> she was there at yeah. PAX, and I yeah. you know it's, it's possible it's not super likely but it's possible I may have had the chance to like meet her and some of the other eh. hugely influential people in that. There's that still time, John. There's still games. time. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll see. Dwight, your turn. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. we'll go ahead and throw that in. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I'll just start off with uh, Katsuhiro Harada. Um, talked about him before, but you know anybody uh, that's been paying attention to FGC knows who that is. 
It's the lead uh, producer or director, whichever, of a lot of the Tekken series. Um, he's the Tekken guy. Um, he's been with them for a long time. Had his hand in a lot of Tekkens. Um, and it's just like, even though know, Tekken sounds, specifically is not my favorite fighting game, I mean, I have a lot of respect for the series and, you know, what Harada has done for it and everything. And, and then he's probably just like, he's the face of Tekken. He's, when you think of Tekken, that's the first guy you think of. He's at all the Evos and all the events and stuff, you know, and all the in- interviews and whatnot. He has a very deep understanding of the game. And plus, he just has like the the persona. <laughs> he always has his spiked <laughs> hair and sunglasses. Um, he's really <laughs> terrible at speaking English. But then the one thing that he always says in English is like, "Don't ask me for shit." <laughs> he always says he has fucking shirts <laughs> for this and like on Twitter. Um, he'll and it's funny because you know people will you know at somebody on Twitter and they'll say like random stuff. And they just get like you know ignored or whatever. No, he will actually come after you. <laughs> like <laughs> he, he sends some shit. Like he's like, "Why the hell is you know this character so bad in Tekken or whatever?" And you know the at. Um, Harada or whatever, he'll respond to that shit <laughs> in like really broken English and tell you to shut the hell up or, or whatever the hell it is. Um, but whatever, <laughs> it's a uh, it's good stuff. And then, um, yeah, and then of course he's been doing the trolling with the Tekken X Street Fighter. But I mean, everybody knows that it is it's still there. They're working on it. It's probably maybe going to come out at some point. It's not going to come out anytime soon. I mean, people really thought that it was probably going to come out now but then they announced tekken 8 so i guess not they're pushing it back when, another what, 10 years when was so. the last uh tekken versus street fighter uh or street, street fighter, fighter tekken, tekken, tekken it was, called. was back in 2012 uh 2011 2012, 2012 yeah. something like that around there mm-hmm. so it's, it's been a while yeah, something like that and yeah, it hasn't been a lot of <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of like straight up versus fighting games in a long time either um Marvel vs. Capcom is one of them. There hasn't been one of those in a while. But the last, like, uh, like inter-company uh, fighting games really was Capcom vs. SNK. And then SNK vs. Capcom mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and for anyone who, who's, who doesn't know or whatever, the first name in the kind of versus thing is really the one who, who um, created the game or whatever. Or who funded the game okay. and developed it. So Capcom vs. SNK and Capcom vs. SNK 2 are made by Capcom. SNK vs. Capcom is made by SNK. So it doesn't count for Marvel vs. Capcom, though, because Marvel didn't make shit. But, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, same they had, thing. They Street put Fighter, enough money into it. <laughs> yeah, Street Fighter Cross Tekken brought all the Tekken characters into a Street Fighter game. Um, the Street Fighter 4 framework, specifically. Street Fighter um, Tekken Cross Street Fighter was supposed to bring them all into a Tekken framework. Which... They already tested, which is why people were freaking out and thinking it was going to happen, because Akuma <laughs> is in Tekken 7. So, we know it works. <laughs> it's like, we know it works, Harada, just do it. So, um, yeah, he's just, you know, really big personality in the FGC. Street Fighter has, you know, Yoshino Ono and a couple other people, but Harada is just, like, at the forefront of all that shit. So, very fun mm-hmm. to watch him um, show up at all the Evos and everything. This sort of reminds me of like uh, when you said the the Capcom versus SNK mm. or whatever. There was like a joke article in like an EGM one time, and I had to look it mm. up. It's uh, Alien versus Predator versus Freddy versus Jason versus. <laughs> oh Billy my gosh! Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, why is Billy Crystal? In this? <laughs> Anywho, whatever. I just, I just, yeah, I just 
it triggered a memory, but it, it continue. Matt, okay. Do you have yeah, I had a, a like a couple. It's and um, it's oddly enough, I knew that um, you you were probably going to come up with some Sierra people, and for some, but of course, I you know, first person who came to mind for me was Al Lowe. Mm, big okay. big fan of uh, of Al Lowe's work, you know. Um, of course, known for the, the Legion Suit Larry series of, of games, um, you know, done a few other things. I think we talked about uh, Torn's Passage last week a yep. little bit, and you know, that was a that I still haven't played it, but it's um, you know another one of his things. I remember in one of the collections there was a big long trailer for that, but um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know. A big part of uh, Sierra Online back in the day was like I think he was like a contractor. Technically, wasn't like part of the main staff or something for the longest time. I've heard in interviews, but um, oh. yeah, it's 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 strange. Like he wasn't on, and then when uh, when everyone got fired on that that Black Monday or whatever they called it, um, mm-hmm. he was one of the only people who stayed on for a little while longer because they were thinking about doing another Larry game because it was a little bit yeah yeah. But um, I do remember I do remember that part yeah. Yeah, and um, he was a legitimately nice guy. It's funny, I've actually interacted with him uh, over the years a few different times. Okay. Um, yeah, I emailed him back in the day when I was younger, like, you know, like, because, uh, you know, after Sierra became defunct, I was, you know, reaching out, trying, I looked, reached out to um, the two guys from Andromeda, and I, got, I think I got Scott Murphy, but not Mark Crow, and um, Al and I corresponded a little bit, and, um, you know, he was really gracious with his time and everything and really really nice guy and um i ran into him at uh magfest a few years ago like right nice right after the um uh like larry uh the the leisure larry one remake happened i was it was the funniest thing i was uh walking with my wife to our hotel room because we got over from magfest and i'm walking and i'm uh you know, a couple of people walk past me, and I stop. I'm like, "Was that is that hello?" I just walk walk past me, and I drop my bags. I'm like, "Honey, hold the phone, just two, two seconds. And I'm here it is. You know, and I was just like, "Hi, I like your games." And it's just really fun. And, um, yep. and it's always funny when you meet famous people. You're just like, "I don't know how to talk." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when I. I got to meet Huey Lewis wearing my Huey Lewis shirt, actually, and uh, my wife had to talk oh, for nice. me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I squeaked out. Can, can I get a picture? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's always so confident to actually see the person in front of you, and then it's like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. words. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know him. I don't know him. Ah, oh, damn. That's awesome, though. Uh, yeah, I had to look this uh, guy up, and I was like, oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that Allo made Torrent's Passage for, like, a really, really long time. And I mm-hmm. played that game several times, and I, I forget when I actually found out. I think I was just looking up, like, just, like, r- like random, like, information in a Wikipedia hole or something mm-hmm. like that. And I saw his name on Torrent's Passage, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> the Leisure Suit Larry guy made Torrent's Passage? <laughs> it just like blew my mind. There's not a single booby in that game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not that I found, at least. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and throw in one more real quick. I guess. Uh, I guess everyone probably has about two or so. Mm-hmm. Um, my last one, though, I don't have a lot to say about him because he hasn't really done a lot. But he's a super cool guy online, and it's the reason I'm making uh, Jonathan playthrough. Uh, well, one of the reasons I'm making Jonathan <laughs> playthrough 
Shinmu in English, and that's Corey Marshall, mm-hmm. the uh, the guy that voices um, Ryo Hazuki in Shinmu. Uh, mainly because he's just super down to earth, awesome guy. You say something to him online, he'll respond to you. During COVID, like he had like a Shinmu meetup. He's like a legitimate Shinmu fan on top of just being the voice actor. Like he responds to fans. Like he goes out of his way. He's like, hey, you know, people can't go places. Let's have a Shinmu meetup on um on uh what is that thing that zoom Zoom. right so like yeah and he's just like he just opened up a thing and you could join it and talk to him (laughs) it's like super cool you know he uh he's super out there and he's he's super friendly and if you you follow him on his social media he's like i want to say he's like a real life ryo hazuki but he's like a martial artist and he's training and he's like giving you inspirational sayings and stuff he's like hey you know you can do it get out there you know he's a lot like um I mean, he's not an MMA fighter, but he's a lot like Jason David Frank, like how he was, oh, like, you okay. know, in the media. Yeah, but he, he's super like that, where he's like, it's like you can't be in a, you've never seen him in a bad mood. Mm. And he's super, he's just super out there. And I was like, man, this is, this is the type of human being everyone should aspire to be. Not, you know, not saying otherwise that, you know, he's in, he's in like a couple video games and a couple anime voicing characters. And that's like his extent, but you know. I just wanted to throw him out there because I think he's a super cool guy. And, um, yeah, go play Shinmu in, uh, in English just because of him. Just to listen <laughs> to his else, <laughs> Just to listen to his uh, not terrible, not, not, not the best acting ever. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, it's, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know Sh- Sega uh, hired people to, that looked like the character <laughs> at the time. Like, that oh. was their thing. Uh, for the Japanese one. And I think they just hired, like, good-looking people for the English <laughs> one. They're like... That was like their directions. Like, just find somebody that looks like they could do the jobs. And he was a martial artist, so they're like, I think that's probably part of the reason why he got the job. But as I understand it, the the hokey voice acting is part of the charm of uh, of the Shenmue series. Oh yeah, a hundred percent for me. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not trying to take it super seriously. So, <laughs> all right, Jonathan, back to you, I guess. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of slightly cheating on the second one. <laughs> Because this is actually two people, um, another husband and wife. This is uh, Corey and Lorianne Cole, um, also from Sierra. Um, so they uh, they were the main designers of Quest for Glory, the Quest for Glory 1 through 4. Um, and Lori, Lori was the only one of the two who designed uh, 5. But... Um, they're on they're on this list for very same reason much the same reasons as roberta williams um she they are both like super influential in my uh my gaming as growing up um actually had a (laughs) i had a list here um because they they designed quest for glory uh they designed castle of dr brain or or, um uh, cory designed castle of dr brain uh which Mm -hmm. is one of the two uh best castle or uh dr brain games um they kind of after after castle and island they kind of go downhill a little bit <laughs> um but um but they did so let's see they did heroes quest which was the original name of quest for glory uh that was my first rpg first rpg i ever played because it's like an adventure rpg hybrid they designed uh, or they worked on the uh, king's quest one sci remake which i already mentioned was my first adventure game they worked on Conquest of Camelot, which was the first game I rage quit out of frustration. <laughs> <laughs> and they worked on Conquest of the Longbow, 
which was the first time I saw the a woman's bare back. Oh no! <laughs> Calm down. There's, there's an actual scene which I did not understand when I played it because I was a kid and I didn't know what was going on. But there's a scene if you if you do everything right, where you and Maid Marian, because you're playing you're playing Robin Hood. And you and Maid Marian can go into your cave and context, you can yes. you can have a thing. And there's like this nicely painted like oil painting background that Sierra usually used in that at that time. Um, and you're and it's got like Robin Hood standing at the cave mouth, looking out at the rain, brooding or whatever. I don't remember why he was doing that. And Robin Maid Marian's just in there. She's got like the sheet pulled up and she's in the bed but you you have like a back shot of her and you're just like seeing and i was so confused as a kid i was like why am i seeing the bare back of this why is she in the what is you know i didn't understand (laughs) but it was was one of those weird those uh weird moments of of gaming but um so they they've most recently uh, as we were talking about before we started recording uh they did a kickstarter for hero you rogue to redemption which was a, a game in the vein of Heroes... Or, um, I keep calling it Heroes Quest because that's what automatically comes to my head when I think of it. It's in the vein of Quest for Glory. Uh, it's like an adventure slash role-playing uh, type game. Um, they funded that through Kickstarter, and they uh, recently released... I think it was earlier in March when, it, when the final version came out. was Tilly's Tale, which is like an adventure game slash visual novel. Uh, kind of a thing um, in that same hero you uh, universe but the reason the the one of the biggest reasons they're on this list is because similar to roberta they seem very down to earth um and they're not nearly as uh hermitish as as the williams are uh they've been st- streaming quite often on twitch um ever since like the kickstarter really got going maybe even before it i'm not positive on that uh, but I know uh, since the Kickstarter, they've become very, they've been very active on there. Um, they have their own Discord, which uh, I know Corey is often uh, in the Discord talking mm-hmm. to people and like answering questions. I don't know how much Lori is in there. I haven't because I don't I don't go in there like a whole lot because I have a ton of Discords and the conversations get so deep so quickly that I lose myself. Um, but I've gone through there looking through some of the stuff and and Corey's active in there. But if you ever watch any of their Twitch streams, uh, they stream under the name uh, Transolar Games on Twitch, and they're just super down to earth people. Yeah, like they 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 are very much like your like you hear the stories of people who just have like the, that nice grandma or grandpa that you <laughs> just go over and visit, and they give you candy and they talk to you and play games or whatever. That's pretty much the the exact vibe that they give out. They're just the super chill fun grandparents that'll just talk to you and they play games on twitch with their fans and, and do stuff and and it's funny because if you watch enough they'll have little banter between them like the old man old married couple like like usual um um uh what's the word uh stereotypical like the stereotypical old married couple banter and, and things like that so they're really fun to to watch and and, and talk to so um yeah Again, it's it's one of the nicest things when when these people who made such influential stuff are down to earth and just good, you know, fun to talk to and hang out with. If you don't mind me adding one thing, just uh, out of your because I'm, you know, I also like I said, kickstarted Hero U, 
And one mm. of the, the funny things I found about, um, you're talking about how down to earth they are. I sent in um, a thing to the, the Hero You Kickstarter asking a question or something d- directly through email. And I thought it was really uh, interesting that my reply, the reply I got was uh, from Corey directly, <laughs> just like his, mm. his email address. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, hey, just answer. It's just like, usually have like a, a community manager or someone who, who feels a question. And he's just like, no, I got an email from him. And he's like, yeah, we don't need thanks. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, thanks, Corey Cole. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Big. Did it come from his like personal email account too? Uh, yeah. Not from Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. And it was, See, that's, yeah, I was like, yeah. well, one of my, you know, childhood, like, you know, inspirations, you know, game series. I love just, just sent me a response email. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> just flag it in the inbox so it never go like goes down. <laughs> yes. it's, it's always at the top. Just, just you know, there. now that I think about it, I think I might have gotten one too because I sent in my photo for one of the Kickstarter perks. I he might have actually replied to that. I'll have to check and see. Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. That you uh, there there was the um the camera going off. There was the um uh. What is it? The hero you, uh, 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 what is the name of the book? The, the thing you got is one of the perks. I'm thinking, yeah, like, um, yearbook oh, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm guessing you're in that as well. I think, yeah, I think, well, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I have to look. I, it was, it was for, it was for something. I don't remember exactly what I, cause I can't remember what tier I backed at. It was not in, it was not at like the highest one because I couldn't afford some of that stuff. But. Yeah. My my a drawing of me is in that game somewhere. Nice. I think it, it's either in the game or it's in that book. I, I don't I don't know. That was so long ago. Mm. You'll have to find it and post it. Yeah. That's yeah, that's what we need to do. Mm. Alright, cool. So let me just uh I still got two I just yeah, throw I still my got two there. more here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're already an hour and a half. Right. So um I, for my next one I just put Yuzo Koshiro, just because like so mm. much of my and I mean, of course, you knew somebody from Seiko was going to be in here. Um, but like, of so course. much of my childhood was the Sega Genesis. We only had like the five games on, you know, five cartridge games on the Sega Genesis. I played the shit out of them. And this, it was such a huge, I don't know, just the music from that game is just so amazing. Like, Avengers Shinobi, um, the, and of course, the Street Fighter, uh, Streets of Rage series, especially the first two. I remember the first time I heard the soundtrack for the original Streets of Rage, I was blown away. Like, it, it was so amazing. And, of course, there's a... I joke about it all the time, how the Genesis has, like, high-definition graphics and audio, like, plastered right on it or whatever. But, you know, at the time, my dad had, like, a whole hi-fi audio setup, you know, all from Technic. You know, it had a 5-disc CD changer, it had an amplifier, it had an equalizer, it had a uh, dual tape deck, um, and it had huge bookshelf speakers. And I remember plugging up the Genesis to that and having like that front port or whatever on that. Oh my God. Revenge of Shinobi <laughs> with that thing was fucking amazing. And of course you could just, even if you don't have that, you could just put headphones up to it or whatever. The music in those games are so amazing. And, um, if you ever look up, you know, Kashiro was working for, uh, a lot of other companies at the time. Um, he started freelancing for Sega he made his own company, Ancient, with his um, sister and mother or whatever. And they started making uh, some games for Sega or whatnot. Um, he did the soundtrack for a lot of games besides just 
uh, Streets of Rage and Revenge of Shinobi. He also did um, some of the early Ease games. Um, more recently, he's done like the Etrian Odyssey games and whatnot. He used a lot of FM synthesis stuff. He used just straight up DJ equipment. He made straight up like house music for this game. He didn't make set out to make video game music, just made music and then just like translated it to the video game. Created his own programming language to be able to do that. He heavily modified like an older audio programming language to do that, which is just insane. Because at the time, especially for Sega Genesis stuff, most people were using the, and I can't remember the, the name of it off the top of my head, but there's like a generic audio uh, programming engine that they had that was really bad. And one of the worst um, examples of that was like Sonic Spinball. It used that and it sounds like shit. <laughs> So to really get something really good, you have to make your own shit. And that's what he did. And it's just like, it's, it's amazing stuff. Great stuff. Um, so yeah, it was just a huge impact of why, um, even though later on I played Super Nintendo games, as far, like, as far as I can remember, there's like never been a game on a Super Nintendo with music that has like really gotten to me like, like, you know, all the music that from the Sega Genesis games or whatever. I mean, graphics, sure, it, it, it beats it easily, but I still to this day will swear by the Sega Genesis having like the best music out of that out of that generation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh, you found the email. Yeah, I yeah. Found, yeah, I found it. <laughs> yeah, it was from the it was from the support like uh, thing, but Corey signed it at the at the bottom, so it's like. <laughs> that is awesome. But yeah, that's all I got. Notice me, senpai. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, Matt. You got anybody else you want to highlight? Um. Yeah, I was trying to think of uh, somebody. Um. You know, a little bit different than. Um, and Al and I was initially I was gonna go with the 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 two guys from Andromeda, but um, mm. um, you were talking about voice actors, and it made me think um, another person who I think is you know kind of defines a game series that I really like. And um, we were talking about Kojima earlier mm. is uh, David Hayter, mm. who I oh, think yeah. is a no, legitimately like, like Norman Reedus, yeah. <laughs> legitimately good dude uh like he seems like he he has a deep love for it which is one of the reasons why it was so sad when he was like it he felt so slighted and one of the reasons why i haven't played through metal gear solid 5 is because you know he was just kind of you know just shuffled yeah. away from the, uh from mm. the project you know it wasn't even talked about it but yeah and that's um one of the you know like, I'm known for generally, if I get the chance, I'll, you know, I speak Japanese, so I tend to play games in Japanese whenever possible. Mm. Um, but one of the ga- the Japanese games that I, I swear by the English dub of is the Metal Gear games, and he's a big reason for that. Because, like, I mean, the Japanese dub of Metal Gear is great. Like, the actors in that are mm. all, you know, veterans, and they know their stuff, but he just, he's just kind of embodies the character for me and a lot of the other people in there, but... You know, just the way also first primarily like that in Resident Evil, it's like English dub like focused or whatever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it was it is has kind of a Western flair, even though it's you know it's it's very Japanese but also very Western in in a lot of its sensibilities too. Mm -hmm. You know, very silly and it's in but I like how he kind of you know just like how he interacts Mm -hmm. online and there was that that meme that somebody did or like some comic someone did of like you know. You know, Colonel, I keep uh, alerting that, like, you know, I'm dummy thick and I keep alerting the guards with the clapping of my ass. <laughs> and and he he actually voiced a, 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 like a codec call of that for just just 
because he could. <laughs> he's like, good sport, good dude. Loves that he's uh, he's part of the community and like part of gaming history, and it's just it's it's refreshing. And he's the Giver. Yes, action. he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Along with uh, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, yep. you know? <laughs> I remember seeing that on uh, on uh, was a um, over the air TV way back in the nineties. Not a great watching movie. it on like not, Sunday not with like, yeah. you know commercials every five minutes and they cut out like everything <laughs> bad in it. <laughs> All the good yeah. parts. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, he is he is the Giver. Weirdly mm-hmm. enough, uh, that, I don't know why. That popped into my head, but yeah, yeah, I agree. He is an awesome guy. So it's always nice to see people get involved in like little fan projects and, and things like that. Like there was a Digimon mm. fan project that didn't really go anywhere, mm. um, but it was like supposed to be like a fan made anime or, or not a fa- not anime, but like a fan made live action thing. Um, and the first like pilot episode or whatever of it, they actually got um, Brian Donovan and who's the voice of i'm probably gonna mess this up um brian donovan who's the voice of davis from season two and the guy who's the voice of of um of uh oh my word takato (laughs) the guy who's voice of takato in season three uh, they got both of their original voice actors to voice a few lines for that for that trailer oh and uh the guy who did uh, Black War Greymon in season two also uh, was in it, and they they just recorded lines for them and, and sent them in. And it's like that's so cool to see people down to earth enough to like do that, and they probably mm-hmm. did it for free because I mean there's no way that these this fan group had any money to, to pay them for this. So that, that's always really cool to see people willing to <laughs> to do that because they care about the fan base. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to pile on the <clears throat> stuff for David Hader. Um, he wrote a couple screenplays for movies, and I remember. Yeah, did, yeah. And I remember that he did this, and I couldn't remember which one, so I looked them up. And if you don't already know which ones, uh, X Men One, X Men Two, Watchmen. <laughs> he was like, really? Yeah. That's right. He did a version of yeah. Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> really? Huh. Which is which is pretty interesting, and then there's some other stuff in here too. But yeah. So and Scorpion yeah, King. That's really interesting. Apparently, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> traveled. Uh, <Ugh>. yep. <laughs> the le- the less about that, the better. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Oh, for- all right. He was in the one of the dubs of Castle of Cagliostro. Oh, he played he played Lupin in uh, in one of the dubs. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, neat. I have to go back and see if, uh, if he also has a cameo in that first X Men movie. Apparently, he's one of the museum cops. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, we're all gonna have to look at that at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately, we already did the ranking the X Men movies. <laughs> oh, we could just look for David Hayter. It doesn't have to be a whole. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Just, just hit hit pause a bunch. Okay, cool. <laughs> we are gonna move on at this point. We're already running a little late. Uh, go ahead with our game and anime recommendation for this week, uh, Jonathan. I'm gonna let you go ahead and knock out this anime recommendation. Okay. Um, so for for today, I decided to recommend Cells at Work, which if you haven't heard of this, I don't, I don't, I don't know where you've been. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so Cells at Work is a great anime for like geeks for who, who like, like to know how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's basically centered around My the human. My wife is watching this. So well, yeah, exactly. My wife's watching this. I didn't know what it was that she was watching, but yeah. Yeah. Now you, mm. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. She's watching this right now. 
Ah, gotcha, mm. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So it, it's basically centered around uh, the human body, mm. and the human body is put to is um, displayed as like this entire world of where these anime characters are running around in, and every character you see in there represents something in the human body. They really took the way the body works and made it into like an action-oriented anime and it's really funny it's clever it's super like realistic to how the body actually works. i highly recommend this if you if you like uh, anatomy or like like understanding how things work how the human body works specifically if you like science and that sort of thing definitely watch this even if you just want a good action anime it's good for that too mm. uh, action like comedy kind of a thing yeah it's also like um, a, yeah workplace comedy slice of life yeah workplace <laughs> yeah. comedy exactly yeah. yeah um it's really good for that too so definitely check it out um there's cells at work it's all available on crunchyroll osmosis jones the anime yeah. <laughs> which is already it's already animated so cool that sounds good for the game recommendations not so much a game and i need i need a new one for the switch that's going to be tomodachi life for the 3ds this is not really a game in the sense that you just kind of create me characters and they just exist and mm. do things there's this weird like text-to-speech thing they have going on but you just check in on them they're living their lives hence the the name and they're always doing wacky very wacky things like i could just you know you, you have a little town you could go to the fountain and I may catch Dwight and and Jonathan having a rat battle. It'll <laughs> be really stupid rat battle. Or I mean, I'm, I imagine it's probably like part of a script, you know, that they have like hundreds of lines written mm. for. But uh, it's yeah, it's just wacky crap like that. And sometimes you'll just pop in on somebody and they'll be asleep and they'll be complaining about how they haven't eaten in days <laughs> for some reason. It's it's very random, but it's very funny, and I definitely recommend uh, <laughs> if if. If you enjoy that sort of like social interaction thing, but the thing is, you don't really have any control over it mm. whatsoever. You just watch it. You just put in famous people or you know whoever you want, <laughs> and they'll just interact with each other, and it's very goofy and very weird. But I love it. It's, it's the kind of game I would uh, yeah. I would take with me to like a magfest or something like that, and just leave on and see if mm -hmm. I street past anybody else. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, if I was there, you'd street yeah. past me. Uh, <laughs> I heard it was. I heard it was really big yeah. at like E threes and stuff like that when 3ds was was big. But yeah. yeah, thing is, you can still have fun with it on 3ds even if you don't street pass people because you could just create your you know your your real life friends and then I like to pop into it occasionally just to see what's going on with people and usually it's just like oh hey you're here <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen you in years and <laughs> it's like. Yeah. And they don't do like a like a uh, Animal Crossing thing of like you haven't been here in five years. Do you know what's happened? <laughs> yeah, Animal Crossing is always great when you. <laughs> yeah, it's like Lord of the Flies yeah. <laughs> or whatever. It's just like when you pop it. Uh, they uh, ate yeah, Tom Nook. <laughs> if you could, uh, if you could get a copy for cheap, or I, I, I just wish they would bring it out on Switch. That's a that's a series that needs to come back, but. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Next week, we'll be having our Game Club discussion. You can find the show <laughs> on Game Room Pod, our Twitter, our Blue Sky. Thank you, Matt. Um, yeah, so we're, we're on Game Room Pod on Blue Sky and Twitter. I, myself, am going to be Mick Mac IRL, just on Twitter for the time being. X. Uh, or X. <laughs> yep, excuse me, X. Yeah. 
I'm going to be streaming on Twitch occasionally. I'm probably going to be streaming Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, which will have passed by now, but that's going to be Michael underscore McLeod. Uh, Jonathan, where can people find you? Uh, Enchantermon, also on all of the places. I stream on Twitch on uh, Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, usually starting around 6. And on Twitter are all my stream announcements when I will be going live. Um, and yeah, I'm at Enchantermon pretty much everywhere else. The Twitter ship is sinking, so we're all trying to find a new boat to swim to. So, yeah. All right. Do I... Yep. Uh, Dmoney8719 on... Let's see, Twitch, Xbox, PlayStation, um, Steam, whatnot. Um, I actually don't stream so much on Twitch anymore. Ever since I saw, got got that update where I could stream on Discord, um, I've actually been just preferring to do that. Cool. And Matt? Uh, well, I'm Matt the Last. Everywhere you can find me, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, Twitter, X, uh, Blue Sky, um, and YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Matt the Last. Uh, new videos coming out soon. I'm actually going to go do, uh, go see Blue Beetle tonight and do a review of that with my friend Mike. Uh, uh, I am the cheese on, uh, on X, Twitter. And, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's him. Okay, interesting. Yeah, good dude. All right, cool. <laughs> yep, there we go. All right, uh, but we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye. Say ya. Adios.